Hello, this is Rob and Mike from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, and this is Think Smart with TMFG. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing one of our favorite subjects, inflation. Well, it never goes away, right? It never goes away. It keeps coming at you. It's a lot like getting older, right? When we've talked about that. So I've been reading this book. I was up at the, the cottage. I got stuck up there because I got a flat tire that couldn't be replaced. And I had finished reading my book. I keep reading every morning for a half hour. It's my new thing that I've been doing. And so I had to find a new book to read. And I looked over on the bookshelf and I found a book called The Great Depression. And 1929 to 1939, and it was written by Pierre Burton. Now, some of you may know, uh, my father was a book publisher, and Pierre Burton was one of my father's authors. So Pierre was a very famous Canadian author, wrote all kinds of great Canadian books. And I had never really read any of his books other than The World of Og, which was a kid's book. So I decided it was time to read a book. Now, I also have to tell you, I wasn't a big fan of Pierre. He never treated me that well. He just, he didn't even acknowledge that I was in the room, but I'll just, that was just a side matter. But what was interesting about this book, I started reading it. It's very depressing about what was going on in Canada in, in, in the 20s. It's extremely depressing. And in the late 20s and and early 30s. But the one thing he had done is he had written down the difference in prices between then and when he was writing the book. So the book was written in 1990. Interestingly enough, 1990 is when I started roughly in the industry, 1991. So the prices are very similar. So here's what I discovered. So he had talked about a can of Campbell's soup. In 1933, it was eight cents a can. By 1990, which is 57 years later, it was up to 59 cents a can. So I thought, oh, let's go see how much a can of Campbell's soup costs today. And we're up to $1.97. So we've gone from eight cents to $1.97 on a simple can of soup. Let's look at a couple of other products. A dozen eggs, 25 cents. In the 30s, $1.65 by the time we got to 1990, and it's $3.66 today. Now, those are pretty much staples in any Canadian household. What about rent on a three-bedroom apartment in Toronto? In the 30s, you could get it for $40 a month. By 1990, it was $1,300 a month, and today, $2,300 a month. And finally, what about the price of a three-bedroom house, which is considered by many a standard house that you would live in. This would be in in a part of Toronto, but we're looking at average prices. So back in the 30s, you could get it, Mike, for $4,700. By 1990, it was up to $300,000. And today, it's a million and 25. So most items, as I look at this, in the last 30 years have gone up two to three times. And that's in in my career. So whatever items I was buying back in 1990, which 
to me doesn't seem that long ago. I know for, for some of our audience at pre 30 years, wow, that's a long time. I'm not even 30 yet. But, but it doesn't seem that long to me, and yet prices have doubled or tripled. And it seems like a lot more than 3% that they put in the paper, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, right? Because if it's only going up 3% every 10 years, maybe it's doubled yeah. over 30 years. The inf- not tripled. The inflation rate, I think we've talked about this before, is based on a basket of equities. But a long time ago, they said they were allowed to change the bas- what's in that basket, which makes sometimes the government rates of inflation don't necessarily end up lining up with the real world examples of how your cost is going to change over time. So you got to be a little bit careful of that. And each government gets to choose what they want to put in their basket of goods to measure inflation. The, the concept was, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I think it was in the Reagan era in the U.S. And what he decided, because inflation was going nuts during the 80s, and they couldn't raise government benefits to continue to keep up because they'd fall in inflation rates, right? The difference, they said, if your basket of equity included steak and it got too expensive, you would replace steak with hamburger, was the theory behind it. So <laughs> I guess we've replaced a lot of steak with hamburger over time. I'll give you some other examples too. If we go back to 29 in the in the in the early 30s, postage was one cent. You so know, you could mail a letter across the country for one cent. Yeah, 1990 was 39 cents. Now I don't know I don't know why you'd want to, but it's over a dollar now. It's Toronto Star News. I actually looked. It's cheaper if you buy it in a roll. You can get it down to 92 cents. Yeah. If you're just buying one stamp, it's a dollar five or a dollar seven. But if you buy it in a roll, you can get it down to 92 cents. So it's a volume purchase there. Yeah. Newspapers, we talked about this newspaper shock before when I had to buy one. Toronto Star went from 2 cents back in the 30s to 35 cents in the 90s and to a buck seven now. And sometimes they're even more expensive than that. The weekends are fortune. Coke, Coca-Cola, something I have all the time. Used to be 5 cents. The sizes were smaller. They used to be uh, six-ounce cans rather than 12-ounce cans, but it was still only uh, five cents. It went up to 75 cents in the 90s, and I sort of remember that, paying 75 cents for a can of pop. So so that's like 12, almost 14 times. Yep. From five cents to 75 cents, 15 times. Yep. And now you're, you know, you're close to two, $2 a pop now if you go to a machine. McLean's Magazine. But you get an extra two ounces now. You get 12 ounces. ounces? Yeah. And as you can see, I put on some weight from that extra two ounces. (laughs) I would have been in much better shape if I lived in the 90s. (laughs) You might have to go back to the six and a half ounces. You need to go back to those mini Cokes. That's why I was so skinny back that time. (laughs) Maybe that's the difference, Mike. I've been buying those mini Coca-Colas and I'm buying the diet ones. McLean's Magazine, the Canadian Magazine, used to be 10 cents. Uh, It went up to $2 in the 90s. It's close to $7 now. And it hasn't even had the price increase from the lumber prices. Wait till that filters through. You'll be paying $10 for McLean's magazine. And since we're talking about Coca-Cola, let's talk about what goes best with (laughs) Coca-Cola. Canadian Club Whiskey. Used to be 15 cents an ounce. Then it went up to 70 cents an ounce in the 1990. That one hasn't actually moved that much in the past. Uh, You know, we used to always complain about alcohol prices, but now it's uh, $1.13 an ounce. So it hasn't inflated as much. I think because there's a lot of public pressure on, it's pretty visible. That's one of those ones that's hard to uh, hide in the background. So it's at a dollar thirteen an ounce now. So one of the things that we've seen a lot of talk about today, and why we brought the inflation subject up, 
we're starting to see signs that inflation is coming back and coming back very quickly. And I'll give you an example. I was talking to a client who uh, is in construction and they, they do home renovations and, and, and things like that. And they use a lot of lumber in these renovations. A lot of wood is used to you know, build the, do all the framing, et cetera, and, and deck work, et cetera. So they had quoted to a potential client back last November, this is 2020, the total cost for the job was gonna be $40,000. The person decided to delay it. What do you think the price of the quote is today because of the price of lumber? Oh, close to double. $89,000. It's gone from $40,000 to $89,000. Now that doesn't mean the job's twice as good or twice as big or anything like that. It's just twice as expensive. So if you had allocated $40,000 for your renovation project and you were a little concerned, let's hold off a bit, it's now $89,000 and you may not be doing the renovation project. And I guess we've seen that with a lot of items. And the idea is that there's a temporary delay in supply and the supply chains have been messed up. What, what have, we've seen it on lumber, we've seen it on aluminum, soybeans, corn, you know, copper, things like that. So we've seen this massive uh, inflation. But it brings us back to an inter interesting point. We did a podcast, one of our first podcasts was about inflation. And someone wrote me a letter back because they went to correct something or explain a, a piece I put out. I talked about a chocolate bar at that time and saw how much chocolate bars. And they wrote about what actually happened with chocolate bars. They said there was actually a drought in where the cocoa beans came from one year and the price of chocolate went up by about 10 times. And everyone had to increase the price of it. I'm just using numbers here from 10 cents a bar and all of a sudden it went to 70 or 80 cents a bar uh, over that year because of lack of cocoa. It went from 10 to 25. Yeah. I remember it. Something like that. And the interesting thing that happened was after the drought finished and cocoa became back in supply again, the price of chocolate never went down. So let's look at what's going on today during COVID. And there's been a number of factors. First of all, we know right away many factories were closed or reduced staff or they had one shift. So normally you've got a pretty good demand and supply going on. So you've got your demand, you've got your supply and the two are supposed to match. And if you get a little too much, you get too much inventory. If you, you know, you had demand outpaces supply, then prices might start to go up. So we had COVID. We know things slowed down. Then we had, well, suddenly people are at home. They want, if they're going to spend all their time in their house, they want their house to look really nice. So they started buying furniture, upgrading, getting, you know, different desks to work from at home, different chairs, all of those things. You take that into account, plus what was going on with the supply side, what's going to happen? Yeah, you, you're going to have a shortage. You've got huge demand. Then you throw this whole thing that happened in the canal where the ship was stuck in the canal and the supply train was, or ch chain was broken for a while. Nothing was moving. Prices go up even further. The interesting thing is you have to find out who's making the money on this too. I've watched a bunch of videos because 
I, I, I'm involved in, I always cut lumber and do things like that. And some of the lumber cutters out on the West Coast are saying, we got paid $170 a cord for wood to made plywood before. We're still getting $170 a cord. They don't know what's going on here. They say, we're still delivering the wood. We're getting $170 a cord. We've got that for the last 12 years now. We haven't got a, any type of increase for in pay. I don't know where the money's coming from, but somewhere between when they cut that wood and they hand it off to the next person who's going to turn it to plywood, there is a massive change in who's making money in here. And it impacts everything. You know, I was talking to a, a furniture make, maker recently. The price of making furniture is going up. They have no choice but to increase the price of furniture. It's funny that we're, when we talk about these in-between guys that make all the money, they say, we talk, we're obviously they say, how do you avoid this inflation? How do you protect yourself against it? And you have to own those in-between companies. And, and own the profits, right? All of a sudden, someone's making a lot more money in between those. If you own that company, you're going to see your net worth go up with those extra profits. If you don't own those companies that are in between guys, whoever would be creating the lumber and producing, it's all of a sudden making great profits now. You want to have a piece of that because that way your net worth is going to increase with the inflation because there's more profits coming to that company. If you sit on the sideline and let all these companies make money and you don't own a piece of these companies you're going to be left behind. So I always think in portfolio construction how important this is. And what percent of your portfolio are you going to have in assets that can keep up with inflation? And really, there's only two asset classes that keep up with inflation. Stocks or equities, which is ownership in companies, and real estate. Everything else doesn't keep up. Everything we talked about there, all those inflated prices, there's all companies that have seen their profits grow without inflation, from Coca-Cola to Canadian Club to McLean's to all these different people we talked about when these prices go up. Those companies' profits have increased proportional to the change in price in those products. And you have to own those companies to keep up with it. If you own a bond on the sideline or cash, you're doomed. So if you retire and you think you're going to be very safe and keep 50% of your assets in growth assets, you're not going to be able to keep up to inflation during your retirement. You're going to fall further and further behind. And you won't notice it for the first few years. But 10 years out, 20 years out, you're going to dramatically have to reduce your spending. And, and what we've always said about growth assets, you have to have as much as you can in your portfolio so that you can sleep at night. And remember, inflation is not necessarily stable. It's been relatively stable over time. And what the government puts out is their, you know, CPI, their consumer price index. They've tried to keep that stable. But when we look back at the 80s and we look back at the 30s, there's sometimes a massive instability in inflation. If you leave North America and you start to go outside, inflation is the biggest cost. I remember we had clients that went to South Africa that lived there. Inflation was going at 100% a year at one point. Yeah. And different countries around the world have these massive inflation problems. And it has to be a real piece of your financial plan. If you ignore it, you're going to be, you can lose everything. And it's tough as an advisor because you always feel that you're pushing your client to take on more risk. You and I don't view it as risk. We view the bigger risk is not keeping up with inflation. Simple. Own what you eat at the end of the day. 
Own what you live in, own what you eat. <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. So that brings us to the end of another podcast. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart with TMFG from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.